0: Welcome to Financial Gravity with John Pollock. For the next half hour, John lends his years of experience to guide you towards lower taxes, higher profit, and greater wealth. Now, your host, John Pollock.
1: Hi, this is John Pollock. This is a Financial Gravity podcast. I am the CEO of Financial Gravity. We are a firm that helps small business owners lower their personal income taxes. But that is not what we're talking about today. We are actually talking to Steve Lemure. He has a a firm. Actually, I'll let him tell you the firm. I'll tell you about the firm um, because he knows better, he knows more about it than I do. So, with that, Steve, tell us, give us your elevator pitch. Who who are you and how do you, and, and actually, so for those listening, things don't always go as planned. Yesterday, we were actually interviewing Steve and our internet went down, so we couldn't talk. So he did have this, he did spend some time on uh, almost like a, I don't know what you call it, a master class on on elevator pitches. So I want you to repeat that because that was really, really good.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm also a member of EO, as you are, and I was down at the president's meeting in Guadalajara a couple of years ago, and this guy named Rich Mulholland, he's a South African guy, he has a very successful company in Johannesburg. Um, got up and spoke to us and he's he's a nut man he's covered in tattoos he's he's jumping all around on the tables and he's he's funny um, and he started talking about elevator pitches and and, and 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 you know my elevator pitch would have been and used to be I'm a commercial real estate broker and I assist corporations in their real estate requirements and his deal was what the hell is that um, you know, that that could go a million different ways and it's not specific and it's not personal and it doesn't bring up those questions that you've mentioned in previous podcasts as well, um, you know, to, to to really bring it, you know, home to you on that level. And so my elevator pitch is, you know, when you have an office lease and it's coming up for renewal or you need more space or you even maybe need to downsize, that's what we handle for our clients. We take care of that.
1: Yeah, so that and I I I hadn't had it explained this way before, but it makes complete sense. You've got to get to a point where it's just not this broad generality. I mean, you're not trying to be a billboard; you're talking to a person, and you're and you wanting to elicit some sort of response.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you know, obviously, the company that I uh, my company is you know has a lot of different divisions, and we do a lot of different things besides that. But it's it's one that gets people uh, to be able to personally, you know jump in and understand it immediately. Um, so that's that's the one that I use.
1: And that's also good because this is also a good lesson for people listening is you need something that's kind of your hook. What is it that gets people interested in at least one of your services? Uh, McDonald's does this when they do, a, you know, free a new pie or a new sandwich just to get people in the door. Lots of businesses do this, so you shouldn't neglect something that large businesses are doing as well. So really good advice. Uh, probably the best discussion we've ever had on on the elevator pitch. There you go. Uh, but it needs to be had. So people, it's 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 embarrassing. It's one of those things that we all should know how to do. Um, I've kind of switched away from elevator pitch to cocktail party pitch because people like that better. But well,
0: yeah. You know. you you, t- typically, you're not carrying a drink in the elevator. <laughs>
1: That's true. <laughs> you can use something you can say over and over again, even if you do have a there drink. There you go. So. Perfect. All right. So. We always like to start with your story. I mean, you didn't wake up when you were 12 years old and said, gosh, I want to be in the commercial real estate, and then, you know, dedicated your life to that. So how did you get where you are now?
0: Yeah, so I'll try and do it. but grew up on a ranch in New Mexico, had no idea about business, went to a liberal arts college, um, got a uh, a congratulations uh, graduation card from my parents that said, your auto insurance is due July 1st. And I was off to the races, and I really didn't know what to do. And and we we got cut off at this very dramatic point yesterday, but um, I was at a bar called the Wild Turkey here in Dallas. And there was a very successful looking man in a business suit playing pool. And I had no idea what I was gonna do or be or didn't know much about business, but I figured he did. And so I challenged him to a game of pool. I let him beat me several times over. And I got his business card and I called him every day for 30 days and he finally hired me. On the 30th day he said, stop calling me, come in and fill out the job application. So I started out as a beverage distributor, um, was their number three salesperson after about eight months, realized there was more, um, went into the life insurance business and uh, then kind of make a a, a long story short, um, One of my clients that I had sold insurance products to, um, asked me if I wanted to get into commercial real estate and after a plus and minus column on a piece of paper, I decided that I did want to make a jump. So that's how I got into the business. Um, the way that I got into the ownership and entrepreneurial business is a little bit different story. I, I did a talk the other day, you know, John, you, you mentioned this too, uh, entrepreneurialism has such a sexy, cool, you know, everybody wants to do it kind of deal right now. It's just the hottest thing right now, right?
1: I know. I tell people I was, I, I was an entrepreneur before
0: it was right. cool. And, well, and sure. I mean, now it's like the coolest thing. And so I got up to do a speech the other day in front of a bunch of either wannabe or budding entrepreneurs. And I said, uh, I said that the root word from entrepreneur, uh, of entrepreneur in Latin uh, translated directly into English means dumbass. <laughs> and, and, and half the room, half the room, was googling it, and the other half of the room was laughing. Uh, <laughs> They're like, "No, it doesn't mean that." Right? Exactly. <laughs> but, but the but the the bottom line is, it's not always sexy. And 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 uh, and the people, you know, you 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 always hear the great stories, right? You don't hear about the fifty million people that lost the lottery last night. You hear the, about the guy that won it, and that's that's the same thing in this business there's the ups and downs as you know and so the the uh the the way i started my company was i got fired and
1: i oh that is the best way to get get started oh man so i
0: kind
1: of i'm i'm with you man i'm unemployable
0: i looked around and i went what do i do my wife said you always wanted to start your own company do it and that's how it that's how it started that was 15 years ago and um It's been a great ride. It's been a roller coaster ride. There's those days that you wake up and you wish you were still back at the other company. And then as long as 51% of the days you're happy where you're at, then you're doing good, you know.
1: Yeah, and and we talk about this a lot is that it's just, it's, and this actually, you actually started this with this, is that you were relentless, 30 days of calling. And being an entrepreneur requires kind of a relentless, Pursuit or a a relentless drive in the direction that you believe to be true. You don't even know if it is true. There's no way of knowing if it's true, Um, but you just keep powering forward. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Is that it's it's not it's not a picnic. It is it's it may be sexy if you're on a on a television show for a brief moment in time, but it
0: and it's you know it's definitely been very rewarding in many instances. But the I think what the average or the person that hasn't gone through it yet I should say they they see the glory they don't see the days when you're you have your covers pulled over your head in bed and you go there's no way I can get up and do this and the entrepreneur the successful entrepreneur you know lays in bed for about 60 seconds and then jumps out of bed and goes okay I'm ready to go let's do it again you know let's go get beat up
1: did you, uh, were you at the EO event where that, oh, gosh, I forget the guy's name, who talked about uh, the, how entrepreneur, he did the, the bipolar thing?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that at my talk, too, the other day, where he said, stand up, uh, stand up if I name five traits uh, of yours, is that what you're talking about? Where he's he
1: like, yes. like,
0: unorganized, you've got a whole bunch of different ideas, and then you go with the punchline.
1: Yeah, that's it's, it's it is really funny. So they did it in a group of probably gosh, there's at least uh there had to have been at least 50 people in that room. Yep. And everybody's standing up and he says, "Okay, I'm going to read 10 traits. When you get to 5, sit down." And by the time he read all 10, you know, some people were really proud that the first 5 I, they sat down. I, I <laughs> like, yes, I had the first 5. And then by the 10, you're thinking, "Gosh, I'm I'm all 10. I'm I'm really good." Yeah. And he says, well, I just read the the description of someone that's bipolar, and, and that, but, it, but there's this dichotomy: is that there's this, this, it's a gift and a curse. It's this really great thing that we have that we're capable of doing, but it comes with. You know, he told stories of how he like crawled underneath his desk and slept there. And what was interesting is most people didn't in the room didn't think that that was crazy. Most people in the room said, "Yeah, I get yep, that."
0: Done there. Done. It.
1: Been there, yeah. I, did. I haven't crawled underneath my desk, but I've shut the door and I've, I've, I've not come into work because I just, it, I couldn't. It's almost like there's too many decisions to be made and I didn't want to make any of yep. them.
0: Yep.
1: Um, and then there's some days where you wake up and you want to do a thousand things. And, you, and, you, and that's why we're, I think entrepreneurs are able to move forward quickly because even when they're paralyzed, when they're not paralyzed, they're hyper-focused and hyper-productive. So it kind of makes up for those days of complete paralysis. And you've
0: got 10 other ideas to replace the one that doesn't work, right? You're like, okay, that one didn't work. Keep going.
1: Right. You, you know, you're de- you're de- you're depressed for a minute, and then you're like, well, whatever. I'll, I've got more where that came from. Yep,
0: exactly.
1: So that that's really good. So for those new to this whole entrepreneurial game, just keep in mind it is it is it is as hard as you think it is. So if you think, and um, I actually had a recent interview with a gentleman that basically made the point is, and it never gets easier. Yeah. There is no oh I've arrived now I can kick it.
0: Yeah, I've said that a couple of times to my wife. I've gone home and said, "Hey, we we're there, we made it." And eight months later, I'm kicking myself in the butt, going, "Gosh dang, why did you say that?" <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> so in fact, if you say that, then that's when the yeah bombs exactly just exactly. never never go down that path. Yep. All right, so you we kind of went down this path, but I want you to talk a little bit about like one experience that really you thought, you know what. Uh, this is it's it it's it it's over.
0: Yeah, so I have a I have a very distinct one that, that um is as clear as if it happened yesterday and it was about fourteen years ago. It was about a year after I started, maybe a year and a half after I started the company, and the company was growing and I brought on a guy and in in my business brokerage is a commission uh position and um occasionally you set somebody up on a small salary with a bonus or a, or a draw and I'd, I'd brought on a young guy and I'd committed to a $2,500 a month draw and about you know four months in I was completely out of money um, we had a new baby um, uh, my wife was not working which is a whole other story but uh, we were completely dependent upon my income in this new company and I didn't have any money at all. And um, I went home and I just looked at my wife and I said, "I don't know what to do." I mean, it's not like bankruptcy is a good thing if you have zero. Right. <laughs> You're not protecting anything. You just don't.
1: Anything, right? It's like a lot of work. Yeah. and you don't. You don't. You really had no payoff, which is I don't have to pay this
0: stuff. Right. Anymore. Exactly. You just. You just stop. Um, uh, there's nothing to protect. And, and I and I went home and I was just completely depressed and I you know teared up and. Didn't know what to do, and I, I thought, man, not only is this the end. I mean, what am I going to do? I mean, go wait tables, or you just you just get into this, uh, you know, real depressed and stressed state. And uh, and again, very supportive wife, and she said, hey, you've got a Ozarka bottle that you've been putting coins in since you were in high school. Why don't you go take that down to the coin star machine at the uh, Tom Tom and see what you got? And I had twenty seven hundred bucks worth of coins. Wow! And I went home, and I you said I got a money. Cut him his check for his draw, and it left Dan and I two hundred bucks to uh, buy food and figure it out. And um, and then I was even more scared because that was truly every penny. That I had. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But uh, you're like it was a reprieve for just a yeah, moment. Yeah. But I took care of my, uh, you know, my side of the agreement, which I felt good about, and and he never knew. He still, to this day, doesn't know that that's what happened.
1: Wow. Does he still work for you? No. Did, did, he, did, did he part on bad terms?
0: Um, a little bit, but not... not <laughs> I
1: mean, it's, that's not... A- I wouldn't have been, the reason I'm asking is I wouldn't be surprised because it's, it's, you tend to do this, you like pour your heart and soul on yeah. someone yeah. and they don't respect it they don't understand what you did for them. Right. They don't understand that you barely made it while paying them. Right. And then they leave mad at you. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's a, it's something that repeat, I've heard it over and over again. So if you're not comfortable doing right by people and then them not doing right by you, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Right,
0: all good, all good deeds do get punished in this business.
1: It's, in, and it's, I don't know why it is, and um, I keep telling people that I've, I'm trying to prove that nice guys don't finish last, and I keep proving that they do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So hey, I'm, this podcast, everybody's going to want to start their own company. <laughs> that's
1: right. We're, 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 we're popping the bubble on the, the whole entrepreneurial idea.
0: Optimism, go lower.
1: Yes. I will say, though, the, the, the flip side is, is that there is a freedom to the life. Um, even if things are going bad, there's a level of control that you don't have uh, outside of what we're doing. So even when the things seem like they're spinning out of control, you know you wake up and there's there's something you can do. You're you can break the <laughs> the, the bottle or you can there's something you can do, and those are choices you made at the very least. Um, and a typical W two job, you just don't have those.
0: Well, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 the kind of the dysfunction, uh, and the the power of what we do is it's we drive forward, and you know we both have friends that have failed and completely uh, gone out of business, and some of them have recovered very nicely actually, um, some better off, some worse off, but it's 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 part of the, I guess it's part of the game, and I say a lot, play the game, it's the game, and some you're gonna win, some you're gonna lose, but play the game. That's right. Yeah. All right, so where so where are you now? So give us a little broader overview. So what separates you? I mean, you're not a you don't want to be considered a, just a a a real estate broker, or do you? Do you want to just say we do everything that, that the typical business or a real estate broker does, but we are better at it? I mean, what's so, what's your angle? Why would I use you over one of the big? So guys? I
0: would I would say two things. I mean, we're a boutique shop, and 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 as such, we're really able to. Um, kind of customize our service around you as opposed to a large institutional group um, so, so that's one thing that separates us we, we turn down business when we just aren't the right fit for it and you know, our, our core values um, our mission statement those things really speak um, you know speak volumes for who we are as a group we care about our clients and we're going we're gonna to wrap our services around your, those needs but I think the the biggest thing that we do that's really different, but very entrepreneurial in spirit, is uh, a lot of people, especially brokerage companies, they ask about the the what, right? Um, what area of town do you want to be in? What do you want the building to look like? You know what do you want the layout of the space? How much space do you need? You know it's it's all about the what? and and what we try to do is make it about the why. So and, and that's and that's for investors buying buildings that's for people that are buying land that's for people that are selling their buildings and and office tenants generally or not office but tenants generally so why are you getting office space why are you getting industrial space why are you buying this building let's start with that why and and then we try to wrap that around company culture vision and values so so we want to match those two together in in perfect harmony and and I'll give you an example. We have a client, and their main, their their biggest value, um, their core value is they're innovative, right? That's their biggest value. If you go walk into their space, you're going to look around and go, "Really? You're innovative? There's <laughs> nothing innovative about. Them. Oh, interesting. The space, the furniture, the layout, the look, the feel, nothing. So how do you how do you utilize this piece of uh, you know, the, a significant amount of your over of your, you know, overhead goes to pay for your office lease or your warehouse lease or the building that you bought. In most cases, so h- how does that reflect the vision and and core values and your culture of your company? So I think that's a big differentiator. So you know, at a typical firm, somebody would come in and say, "We need five thousand feet. We want to be on the tollway." close to LBJ and I'd pull up a list of 50 buildings and send them to you and say, pick the ones you want to go look at.
1: Look at, yeah. And I would,
0: uh, but but today I would sit down with you and go, why do you need that space? What's it for? Is it for the employees? Is it for your clients? What kind of look and feel? I mean, even down to like the landscaping, do you you know? Do you want kind of a new urban, you know, kind of more modern landscaping? Do you want it? Do you care? You know, those kind of things. So I, I think that really differentiates us um on how we look at it's not just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks it's its looking at you know specifically what is going to benefit your business because it wraps around your culture
1: so that's interesting because I've always thought of my building as part of my marketing so <laughs> you know I can't afford mahogany lined stuff and if I did get mahogany lined you know chair rails in my office then people might come in and say well if you're going to Cut my taxes, but it's going to cost me so much to cut my taxes. So that you can have mahogany, I don't know if I want that either. So it, it, there's this. I always thought there's this balance between the uh, the what and the why. But I like what you're doing. I think it's. I think it's smart. Right, have you found that there's any niches that you have found, or is it just people are looking for space and you'll work with anybody and you will just focus on the values and less less on you know, I'm really good at dentists or whatever. I mean,
0: I think that the, that the large institutional companies aren't going to mix well with us because they have a director of real estate, or they have, or, or the large institutional groups that are buying buildings, they don't care what the building looks like. They don't. They just. They're going to do their due diligence on is this going to be a money maker or not? It doesn't matter right. if it is branded to their to their cultural brand. And, and there's not a lot I'd say maybe you know there's there's a couple of, of groups um, that I know of that are um, institutional and have properties all over the country that, that have kind of a specific look and feel and, and you always you, you, you kind of sense that it might be theirs even before you know it's that it's owned by them but uh, but I would say those, those type of groups were probably not the most suited for because they're just kind of pushing paper and just want to get it done they're they're really concerned about the why, I mean, the what, not the why. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that we have a true niche, but um, but, but the kind of more entrepreneurial, really, uh, the, the companies that are more into creating a culture and, you know, conscious capitalism and those kind of things, they they get what we're trying to do.
1: And that's great because when you're smaller, you really have to be good at those things.
0: Yeah. Because you
1: can't beat on you can't win on price, which you probably shouldn't be doing anyways. Um, we should have a whole show on commodity based businesses. Sure. It's just not a good idea. Uh, someone in Silicon Valley is going to wipe you out if you're trying to build a co- commodity based business. Ask the cab industry. Yeah, um, it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't work. So you have to figure out a way to provide value. And and there's lots of these these places where and it was really fun. I I, I interviewed uh, uh, Mike Basile from Daily Job. I mean, here's a guy that's Competing against Starbucks, technically,
0: right.
1: and he's figured out a way to completely change the way uh, he com- he doesn't really compete. He actually sees uh, Starbucks as helping him. So I think you probably have the same thing. Is if if everybody else is selling uh, the what, then it's easy for you to focus on the why, is not that just separate? That's you. right, and so. and we're
0: not di- we're not really digging into their pockets, so.
1: I- no, yeah, they don't see you as yeah. a as a a big threat and looming in the future. Yeah, I don't so. think
0: the chairman of Jones Lang LaSalle went to bed last night worried about us.
1: Yeah, yeah, we actually we're going to have on someone from KBS at some point. Oh, cool! Um, I'm a big fan of their REIT, but even them, I mean, I know their I know their values as I've met all the principals. Yep. they're all exceptionally decent, rock solid business people, but they do treat each building as a business purchase. Yep. We're buying it for X. We want X amount. Of, we want a Y amount of return on investment. We want it within five years. What can we do to this building? We're going to make it look nicer. We're going to pump in cents. Yeah, they actually pump in cents. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. We're going to pump in cents. We're going to, you know, like the, 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 the buildings on Legacy, they're they got they're near the shops of Legacy, so they, they set up a tram service so you can, you know, have lunch over at Legacy. So lots of little things. And then they move away from certain types of leasing to different types of leasing in order to get higher revenues. But that's, they're running it like a business, they're not doing what you're doing, which is really trying to make sure that when, when a client walks in the building, they're thinking, hey, this is the type of business I want to do business with because they're here, and that's what you're trying to focus
0: on. That's right. Yep.
1: So what would you say, this is one of my favorite questions, is it's the superpower question, which is what, is, what would you say is your superpower or your unique ability?
0: So, What's first I, I wish I wish it was my organizational skills or my intelligence. Um, but you're, you're, I, I
1: will, you're in good company. I will
0: tell you, uh, John, and you know some of this, but not all of this, but I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. I, I don't turn down very many opportunities. So I lived in Mexico for a year and a half. I lived in Rome for six months. I have my pilot's license. I dive. I hunt. I fish. I've got a motorcycle. I've hang glided, skied. Repelled, bungee jumps, etc. And I grew up on a ranch, and now I'm in a very, um, you know, kind of upscale business in uh, one of the largest metropolitan areas in in the country. So I've I've got a wide range of experiences, and I think that that uh, has helped me with my superpower, which is I can I can be in any situation and I'm comfortable. I can be sitting next to a one of the wealthiest people in Dallas, alone in his office, which I did about three weeks ago, and I feel like I'm sitting next to my best friend, or I can be, you know, with a bunch of bikers at a bar and feel comfortable. So I'm able to really relate to people, and I think they feel comfortable around me.
1: That's very interesting. I haven't had. I, that's something that I've always thought I was reasonably good at too. Is I, I mean, I grew up in a middle class home, but I've, you know, I didn't. When you grow up in a middle-class home, you don't start out as middle-class when you go on your own. That's something a lot of people forget. (laughs) When you're rich, you're kind of always rich, but if you start in middle class, when you leave the house, you're broke. And I had a very similar experience to you. When I turned 18, my dad took my door off my room and started charging me $200 a month rent. So he didn't kick me out, but he kind of kicked me out. Um, and within sixty days I found a place to rent for two hundred bucks a month and I actually had a door, so I moved out. <laughs> there you go. So it's it's you start out poor and then you, you mix with the poor because you're you're one of them. But then if you climb the ladder, you know, you never neglect where you came from, at least I haven't, and, and because some pe- there's different people that are different groups and some people I don't know, I like salt of the earth people. I have farmers in my family, so it's just it's very interesting that you brought that up. I've never heard someone – it's a great skill, too, because you can – you, especially when you're selling real estate uh, or brokering even office buildings, is you're going to have people that are professionals versus you know someone selling widgets or something. So Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Yeah, very interesting. I would interesting. say the only, the only person that I'm uncomfortable with but I can fake it is, is a super, super type, type a, you know, with a with a huge ego. That's tough for me but but I can fake it and make it work. Um, but other than that, I, I just feel really comfortable and I'm able to relate. So it's worked out for me so far.
1: Hmm, interesting. Well, uh, so I didn't put this on the list of questions. I need to add it because I like it. Um, so I may be putting it on the spot. But what would you say your biggest weaknesses and and how have you overcome it? Oh, man. Maybe it's organization.
0: <laughs> I would say... It, uh, that is a big part I'll t- you know what i'll tell you what my weakness is i am um i'm a super easy going and nice guy and so i never hardly ever say no to employees or get or jump on them i'm a good i'm a good motivator but you know if somebody comes in and they haven't done their numbers you know i'm like well why didn't you get your numbers done and i just kind of let it blow over and i never sit down and give a Good stern talking to, and um, and what I've done. Is shout out to Mark Winters with the uh, Rocket Fuel. I'm sure you you're familiar with that book, but um, yeah, I'm in it. There you go, me too. So <laughs> so I uh, I brought on a uh, an integrator. So she's tough, and she's made me um, uh, she's made me get a little better at that, and I'm and I'm starting to overcome that. But that's a that's a huge weakness because you, you get walked on you know i i had a I had a employee that you know her dad died and then her mom died and then her kid got sick and then her dad died again and eventually <laughs> I realized that she'd taken about eight months off and uh, and I'd paid her through the, throughout so i'm I'm a pushover on those kind of things so
1: this, that's interesting that you brought this up because i I actually kind of have this prickly personality, so people think that i'm Meaner than I am, and I'm very similar to you, where I'm just I'm way too nice. I I give people way too much rope, yeah. and you're a bigger guy, so you wouldn't think that a, a guy that kind of has your size would would be soft. Oh
0: man, I'm a pushover. I'm you, a pushover.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm the same way, and it's it's but you know I it's, it's it's something you have to overcome. and I'm getting better at it because as I'm trying to grow very fast, so it's you have to get better at it. You do. Um, and R- Mark Winters is also. Um, kind of our consultant and he's, we're actually going to have him on in a few weeks. Oh, cool. So yeah, so he's hes rock solid. I wanted him to, to promote Rocket Fuel. So people that are um, listening, if you're not familiar with Gina Wickman or Mark Winters or Traction or Get a Grip, uh, these books are life-changing. They will help you run their, it, the entrepreneurial operating system. That's what it's called. It's it's a way to run your business and most entrepreneurs are really great at seeing the future and selling or or building but they're not really good at running so the systems that are created in these books, so if you like a cookbook read Traction, if you want a story about the cookbook read Get a Grip and then Rocket Fuel will enhance that by explaining the integrator visionary relationship that Stephen just mentioned and, and is so necessary because it's just and if you're an integrator listening, you've you got to have a visionary because you're not going to be able to do some stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting marriage that they've identified within the business community, and it's a really hard marriage to get right. It's,
0: it's, it's very difficult to do it.
1: It really is, and it's, it's, if you can find the right person, it's great. I had, I had the right person. I was actually featured in Rocket Fuel with that person, and it, it didn't work. I mean, I'm, I was too visionary, and he could not keep up. So he went to work for a charity. I mean, that's almost like working for a government agency. There you go. So, uh, interesting, very interesting. So, the, the, my final two are my my are the most fun. Is what app or technologies do you use that just kind of rock your world?
0: Man, as you know from my Skype, uh,
1: Skype <laughs> capability. Uh, yes. By the way, folks, this is like like his first or second experience. On yeah. Skype.
0: Exactly. Uh, so I. I would say the the one that I just can't live without is Waze. Um, that's, oh yeah, that's a great. So one. I just I just moved about an hour and ten minutes from Dallas, and that thing saves me all the time. And, and uh, you know, it's almost a Facebook for drivers. Although I try not to do too much of that, but um, I, I love it when it changes your route and knocks five minutes off your drive. So that's that's one I can't can't live without that one.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's cool because it's it's almost got AI in it, because it, it will route you around stuff, you don't, it doesn't tell you where stuff is, and then you have to make a decision, it does it for it's you. It's
0: amazing.
1: And, it really and is amazing. And it's
0: dead on on the time, every time.
1: Yeah, it is, it's a remarkable program, it's, it does have the social thing in there, which is, I don't think a good thing, they make you say that you're not a driver, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> which I'm sure nobody nobody
0: does. Nobody overrides that. A driver or a passenger button, and if you're the only one in the car and you're using Waze, you hit passenger. You lied. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly right, and that's and I'm pretty and the, you know they put that in there just for their own benefit. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: It has nothing to do with us, no, so they don't really care. Right. But yeah, great, great, uh, great app. So uh, this is that's my most fun thing. I'm actually I actually use this part of the the show to figure out things that I'm not doing. There you go. Um sure. so the next the, the, there's a there's a program I haven't looked up from the last interview called Thumbtack, so I have to check that out. Yeah. I don't really know what it what it does really, but it's this guy was raving about it. So
0: I have to
1: look that one up. Yeah, there's lots of great stuff out there. I mean we use uh Slack. Do you use for your EO group Slack yeah. or WhatsApp? Yeah, we use Slack and
0: WhatsApp, both both of
1: those, yeah. Yeah, so those those are those are actually changing the way we communicate as well. So all right man hey i really great uh great having you on i appreciate you the patience for (laughs) no internet net yesterday and being able to come back on but um we'll like i appreciate you being here and if you have any questions fire away otherwise we'll chat with you at the next event awesome john
0: thanks so much it was a lot of fun